Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life. We're promoting pathological positivity again today, and I've got a purveyor of positivity with me, Kevin Hall. Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio. Thanks, Paul. I'm excited to be here. Very excited. I am excited to have you with me. I've been reading your book, and folks, Kevin is the author of an amazing little book called Aspire, Discovering Your Purpose Through the Power of Words. And I think we'll get into some of what that means today as we're having this conversation, Kevin. But this, uh, as I started reading into this book, I was just sharing with you before the show that I was making some connections. Some of our listeners will remember that, that I had Gary Lee Price come on the show. And you know Gary. Um, he told me about a trip that you talk about in the first part of your book. Can you just give us a quick little summary of what that is? It's a fun trip to go to Vienna, Austria, um, and spend some time with Viktor Frankl's family. Mm. And Viktor wrote one of the ten most influential books ever written. In fact, Stephen Covey, who was a mentor of mine, who wrote the foreword to my book and worked with me on my book for five years. He didn't just write the foreword, he really guided me oh, wow. through it. He said that other than sacred writ, mm-hmm. Man's search for meaning had more impact on his thinking for creating seven habits of highly effective people than right. any other work. And he had actually called Victor on his deathbed. And we were there to uh, do some things with the Statue of Responsibility, which carries the artist on. But it was an amazing trip. And that's when I discovered one of his seminal quotes. In fact, it's the second most underlined section of my book. So you have it on an iPad, mm-hmm. you go to underline it, and it'll say this is the first most highlighted section, this is the second, third. It's kind of crazy that you can yeah. do that. But you have Victor's statement that he writes um, from his book, Man's Search for Meaning, that everything can be taken from a man but one thing. The last of human freedoms. The last of the human freedoms. You you would have that inside out as a psychologist, you know, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. So that's really important in, in what I do when you're talking about purpose, when you're talking about path, you're talking about following your passion. We do really have a gift of choice and it's up to us to decide what we're going to do with that. And some people want it and some people don't. I hope you want it because it can make a huge <laughs> difference. That, that's a pretty remarkable mm. statement, by the way, when you, you understand that Victor was prisoner 119-104. I mean, he lost everything. Right. He, he couldn't even be called Victor anymore. And you'll often discover your greatest gifts, your greatest sense of fulfillment and abundance. Most often, not like 50% of the time, 
or 70% of the time, but nine out of 10 times, 95% of the time, you'll discover your greatest joy, your greatest sense of abundance after your, your biggest failure, biggest setback, mm. biggest disappointment. And Victor is definitely an example of that. And to write those yes. words, when he's being whipped at, cursed at, woken up every hour in the night, laying on a bunk with four or five other men, so that they'd be sleep deprived and mm. uh, to be able to say, hey, you take away anything from me. He knows. They, they tore his manuscript up in front of him. They laughed at him. They, his father died in his arms. He lost everything, but then he could make that statement. So that's why we're there, to visit with his family. And that's when I discovered a word that changed my life. I think you're probably going to share that word with us. I hope that you do. Yeah, we can do that now, or we can do it later. But, uh, you know, it is a word. that um, I'm a word nerd. I take words yeah. with the origin of the word. This word is from India, and I, I was just in India in November mm -hmm. and spent about 10 days there. This is from their sacred writ. And it came from meeting a storekeeper by the name of Praveen Cherkori. His mother marched with Gandhi. And oh, when wow. she was pregnant, and he is now the premier Indian artist. He has works of art that sell for in the high six figures. I mean, just any artist. Mm -hmm. He's now 84 years old, and he taught me this word because he knew I'd been with the Frankel family. And he, had, he, turned, he opened a big book. We had it here when we had Victor Frankel's grandson, Alex Baselli, saying... Um, here in the United States several weeks ago, but he, uh, he said, Kevin, you're one of the greats. Will you sign hmm. this book of greats? And it was right below Victor Frankl's signature in Vienna at the India store. And I didn't feel too Gandhi-ish. Indira Gandhi had signed the book. Mother Teresa had passed his path. <laughs> I was hoping you'd put the context on that because... Yeah. The Book of Greats, hello. Yeah, the Book of, hey, you're one of the greats. And, and his view is that every person is an unrepeatable miracle. Every person is one of the greats. But I didn't feel that great. I didn't feel like I could sign it next to uh -huh. Victor Frankl's signature, whose family we'd been with that week with Gary Price and others. So I said, I'm sorry, I can't sign your book. And he walked me out of the restaurant, grabbed my elbow. We went, you know, 100 cobbled steps to a Chinese restaurant in the middle of Vienna. And he taught me a word, and I'll never forget that. He said, Kevin, I learned a word in Calcutta as we lived on the streets with his family mm -hmm. among the poorest of the poor. This is one of the poorest places on earth. It, if not the poorest, it's one of probably top two or three mm -hmm. poorest areas in the world. And having been in it, India recently, uh, there's abject poverty everywhere. Right. But he was taught by his mother, this word. And it's kind of got a hard G sound. He said, Kevin, I want you to remember this word. You're writing, I was writing my book. I had a journal out. I'm writing a book with a title about the power of words. He says, you're mm -hmm. writing a book about words. I think you should put this word in your book. It's like your Western word, charity, but it might be a little deeper. And I remember thinking, Paul, what could be deeper than charity? Nothing could be deeper than charity. Yeah. And then he taught me the word and he was right. The word is gen. Shy, G-E-N-S-H-A-I, almost like gun shy, gen shy. So gen shy. Gen shy, and it means you would never treat 
another person in a manner to make them feel small. You would never... And he came around. He came around to the side of the table while we were eating. And he said, if I were to pass a beggar in the street and I just ta casually tossed them a coin, my mother would grab my ear and pull me back and say, that's not Genshai. But if I got on my knees and I looked them in the eye, when I reached into my pocket where they are. and got on their level, yeah. that coin became love. So you don't treat anybody small. You don't let somebody treat you small, but above all, and that's where the magic happens. You don't treat yourself small. And I often find that people mm. that are off path or off purpose, they're playing small. And they allow others to treat themselves small. And uh, it was a lesson I'll never forget as long as I live. And it's changed the direction of my life. Mm. A powerful, powerful message. Starting with yourself. And I don't know that you have to start with yourself, but wow, that's a powerful realization when, when you realize, hey, I have a relationship here with myself. How am I treating myself? Because that will be reflected in how you treat other people. You just said it. You see, I don't see the world as it is. I see the world as I see as I see myself. myself. And the way I treat myself, it reflects in the way that I treat others. My wife and I just watched Cinderella mm. last night. Mm -hmm. And incredible message in it. And my wife's like, I think the, the writer read your book. And I said, no, <laughs> there are just principles of truth that are just true. Truth is truth. Timeless principles. Timeless principles. I don't want to give it away if you haven't seen the movie, but go see it. And read the book. And read the book. Because at the end, she's standing with her prince. And she says, I don't, I don't like portraits of myself. And he said, be kind to yourself, princess. Be kind to yourself. And so sometimes, how do I talk to myself? If I talk to you... Um, I, I remember coaching Dave Blanchard, the CEO of the Augmentino Group, and we'd often say to each other, as he would be working with clients that he was coaching, and he sought me out as a coach, it, it, we would ask them, if I talked to you the way you talk to yourself, would we still be friends? And the answer, 90% of the time, was no. Probably so, not. Just being kinder to yourself, more forgiving of yourself, that's, I think, the start. Because you know... From your background, as William James said, all meaningful and lasting change, it starts on the inside. Stephen Covey calls private victories, not public victories, so it's kind of an inside-out scenario. And Genshai starts inside. Genshai. So do you have a, a practical application that you could share with us today? How does this show up in, in life? What, well, what do we do with this? You can't have a negative thought, Paul, or a po and a positive thought in your head at the same time, right? I mean, it's one mm -hmm. or the other. So you need to replace. We, we can choose. We have this gift of choice. We've shared Dr. Frankel's quote about everything to be taken from someone but the ability to choose. Choose one's attitude. So we all have fear. and We can, have, we can be fearful. We can have scarcity come in. We can have certain doubts. And our mind isn't here to make us happy or healthy or wealthy. It's here to keep us alive. And that's why the negativity sells. Because, oh, i got to be aware of that. Oh, look what happened with that accident. Oh, look what happened over here. That's why we use affirmations. So I love affirmations. So a practical way to use Genshai is to use affirmations that teach you that. And anything that follows I am, 
There are a lot of affirmations. Whatever follows I am, follows. I am is a sacred salutation. It's in sacred writ. It's the beginning from the end. I am worthy. Let's say you have a negative thought. You're starting out your day. You say, I don't think I'm enough. Mm. And you instantly say, hey, I'm worthy. You've just made a shift. That alone is going to change the trajectory of the next four or five steps you take, the next four or five minutes. There are five that I use. Mm. I am worthy. I am capable and grateful. We all have unique set of God-given gifts. I'm a person of faith. You can't have a gift without having a giver. So when you open your gifts, you honor the giver of your gifts. That's how you express your gratitude. Take your gifts, share them with others. Gratitude comes from grace, and grace means divine gifts. So when I say I'm capable and grateful, well, that shifts it too, because maybe I'm scared. I'm scared of maybe doing this interview, which I'm not. But we <laughs> I don't might know, you say. I'm so shy. And, but we sometimes <laughs> think, well, gee, my purpose is about me. Leadership is about me. My gifts are about me. But they're really not. They're about those who need your purpose, who need your gifts, who need your leadership. Who are you here to serve? Who are you here? And then when you focus on serving somebody else, the fear goes away and the love comes in. And there's a shift that takes place. Third affirmation that I like is I forgive. Mm. By the way, that was in Cinderella. Right at the very end, I'm sorry if you've seen it, but there's the stepmother and everything's happened. (laughs) And she looks up and she says, I forgive you. And I, I would have uh-huh. written it just like that. I was hoping she was going to say those exact words last night. I watched it. Because if I give you something, Paul, I take something that's mine. I give it to you. It's no longer yes. mine. The four is an amplifier. So I don't just give it away. I thrust it away. And she could have chosen to be bitter at this stepmother. But she said, I forgive you. That's a gift that you give to yourself. And I mm. say I forgive myself. And others. Because sometimes we, we fall short. Sometimes we don't meet our expectations. Sometimes we don't have a perfect day. We don't get everything done on our list. Right. We don't take care of all of our priorities. Right. We, have a, we slip backwards in an old pattern. Mm-hmm. And so if you, if you don't forgive, it's like you have your foot on the gas pedal. And you're trying to go forward on your path. But you have your other foot on the brake. At the same time. At the same time. And so what I always say is you have a chance to use your past as a hitching post. Or a guidepost. It's your choice. Mm. And Victor Frankl used it as a guidepost, not as a hitching post. His grandson, Alex, who stayed here, who sounds like you'll likely be interviewing fairly soon, <laughs> he, he said he can't remember his grandfather ever bemoaning the Holocaust, losing everything, his parents, his siblings, yeah. his yeah. life's work, his unborn child, his first wife. He never bemoaned it. He used it as a guidepost. And that is the hitching post. Last two affirmations mm. to consider is I am abundant. So, Paul, when you think of the ocean, if we were sitting here, we're looking out a window and there was an ocean yeah. out there. And I've lived in Southern California and love it. You've had that view. What, yeah, what comes, I wrote this book in Dana Point Harbor and I could look out and I could see the ocean. What comes after one wave, Paul? The next wave. The next wave. <laughs> and what comes after that wave? Another way. Another one, and another one, and another one. Attesting to the fact that nature gives all and loses nothing. And then the fifth affirmation, you can create your own. I came up with these one day working with a private coaching client. I really felt mm-hmm. they were inspired. They didn't come from me. And the fifth one is I trust myself. 
Beautiful. When you trust yourself, now the ability to get on path and follow the steps that need to happen, magic starts to happen. So when we come back from our break, let's dig into that a little bit and figure out what this has to do with purpose and where we can take that. Folks, we've got Kevin Hall at Live On Purpose Radio here today. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to Live On Purpose Radio. We're so glad to have you here. Please come by the website, drpauljenkins.com, spelled with a D-R, drpauljenkins.com. On the website, you'll have an opportunity to receive a free download. And while you're there, make sure you click on the social media icons. Come over to Facebook, where we will be posting these episodes as well as our YouTube videos and other content and announcements for you to share. Please like us, comment, subscribe, join the conversation. We're happy to have you with us here at Live On Purpose Radio. Let's all support each other to live on purpose. DrPaulJenkins.com Experience is not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens to you. Aldous Huxley So, Kevin, before the break, you told us about some affirmations that you use. This is a very practical way to begin practicing this, this principle of genshai. A new word, possibly, for many of you listeners. Um, that's actually the first chapter in your book, it I is think. That we call it the secret word. The secret word. This is a powerful concept that is a timeless principle but one that we can start to practice immediately by treating everyone, including ourselves, in a manner that, that builds instead of destroys, or that lifts instead of depresses. So give the definition again. It's, Genshai it's means never... that you would never treat uh-huh. another person in a manner that would make them feel small, including yourself including yourself and that's where the, where that powerful start comes from because that affects how you show up it with does. everyone else it does and it you know words are like they're like passwords they really unlock power they open the door that one word genshai yeah. that opens the door to incredible opportunities now your work is a lot on purpose as mine is and that's why there's this synergy when you get on path and on purpose. And let's talk right. about how we do that. When you get yes. on path and on purpose, you'll meet people who've been waiting on your path all along. They were just waiting for yeah. you to show up. To show up and to get on path. And that isn't a sound bite or just something to write in a book. It's real. And that's one of the keys to tell you if you're on path when you start to meet people in the field that you're going into that can help you. It, it makes total sense, Kevin. If I want to go to Denver and I get on the path to Denver, I'm going to find 
other folks going to Denver. You are. What yeah. a surprise. Yes. I mean, I think, can we talk about purpose for just a minute? Is yes, okay? please. This Pur is your thing. Your purpose comes from propose. So you just met my wife. We've been married 35 years. I proposed to her 36 years ago. Mm -hmm. What we could do together if we brought our gifts together. and We have six children, seven grandchildren right now. Oh, awesome. Um, purpose comes from propose. And it's as simple as this. When you get... When you propose what it is that you'll do with your unique God-given gifts, and then you act on that proposal, mm -hmm. the minute you take action, that's the moment you get on path and on purpose. It, it, it doesn't have to be any more complicated than that. Now, there's some levels to that, but I have a set yeah. of gifts. I, they were, I was given these gifts for a reason. Let me open my gifts, serve others with them. Here's what I'm going to propose to do with the unique gifts that I have. In a, in a forest, it's been said of 100,000 trees, no two leaves are alike. So we're as unique right. as the path that we walk. We really are the seven, seven and a half billion people on the planet today. Every person is an unrepeatable miracle. And pathfinders that get on path, they do three or four things that are pretty unique. Mm. Similarities, obviously, we're all part of the same family. Yeah. But you've and you've used this phrase a couple of times: unrepeatable miracles. That there is no other person on the face of this planet that has exactly the same package that you do, right. or that I do, or anyone else. And there's a reason for that. There's a purpose for that. There is, and that's. That's probably the number one key for pathfinders. Leader, L-E-A means path, D-E-R means finder. So a leader in Old Germanic and Indo-European is a pathfinder. They're the person that sees the path that will sustain their life as they're trying to find the game to sustain life. But the number one thing I've seen pathfinders do, they recognize and embrace their natural gifts. So we can look outside and you mm -hmm. can see a hawk flying. Yeah. Well, hawk doesn't work. Sometimes you look up. You've heard it said nature works, but nature doesn't work. That hawk is doing what it's meant to do. But sometimes right. we, it kind of gets knocked out of us. It can be the educational system. It can be our peer group. It can be bad mentors. It can be parents. We're told to be more like Peter. Paul, mm -hmm. hey, Paul, why don't you be more like Peter? Kevin, why don't you be more like Kenny? You could be named Stephen. Why don't you be more like Sean? You need to be more like you. If I want to be free, I've got to be me. And not the me that somebody else wants me to be. And that's where, and you know what it is, because people will say, mm. you were born to do that. That's in your nature. That's second nature to you. That comes naturally to you. And you would say often, I would do it for free. Yeah. So that's a real key to getting on path and on purpose. I hear people say, I'm stressed, I'm overloaded, I'm going to have a breakdown. I don't know if you've ever dealt with people in your, I don't know. That's in really your field that, yeah. Yeah, that, that feel like they're having a breakdown or stress. And we all, there are times when we get overloaded and yeah, we're overcommitted. To yeah, welcome to earth. But if that's happening 24-7, week after week after week, month after month, year after year, 
But You're maybe, off path. Maybe something's off here. Cor- uh, it's course definitely a course correction because those words aren't meant to describe humans. Stressed came from the industrial age. When the factory was stressed or overloaded, it had a breakdown. And we need to just come back yeah. and connect to who who we are. And you know what it is because mm. you, you, it, some people even say, stop doing that because you, you want to do it so much. One mm-hmm. of the things that pathfinders do is they read the clues that guide them on their path. Success leaves clues. So right. just like you're on that flight, you meet somebody going to Denver, we're all going to Denver. You'll meet people, like I said earlier, on your path who've been placed there to help you with what you're trying to do. Or you're there to help them with what right. they're trying to do. But sometimes we're looking so far ahead that we don't see all of the clues every single day that are guiding the sun. It's almost like we, we brush them off as annoyances sometimes. Yeah. That would almost be like a shopkeeper saying, ah, oh, I can't get any work done because of all these customers. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we, and we say it sometimes, hey, I'm so busy. I read yesterday, psychologists say we should never use the word busy again, and I haven't in the last few years. I use the word blessed. Mm. Hey, I'm blessed. I'm not busy. And, and one of my clients taught me that. Kevin, don't say busy. Say you're blessed. And I thought that was a, a huge shift. So we yeah. sometimes are get caught up in the thick of thin things. And we miss. Can I share two other things about paths and passion? Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm thrilled. Go for it. Pathfinders are very clear about where they're going. You could never end mm-hmm. up somewhere if you didn't know where you're going. So clarity is thorough taught. It empowers. So just having that clear right. picture of where do I want to go with my life. Even if I can't see exactly every little step how to get there. And in fact, if you have every step, you're probably not thinking big enough. But the clarity get there, and then four, they're willing to make sacrifices. Passion, people say, well, that's love. Hey, I do what I love. Passion comes from the 12th century, from Christian scholars, and it means yeah. you're willing to suffer to for suffer. what you love. This will come out right. here right now around April. If you were in Europe right now, in Western Europe, and you attended a passion play, you'd watch the sacred reenactment of someone who said, I'm willing to suffer for what I love. And Viktor Frankl from Judaism said, what is to give light must endure burning. So people that are on path, it's not always easy. A great writer, a great artist, a psychologist. It's, you know, it took me five years to write Aspire. Yeah. But it was painfully sweet because I was willing to make the sacrifices and just one person will reach out, send me a message, say, I read your book. This thought made me do this differently. I had a woman come up to me this weekend and said, I gave your book to my son. He was off path a little bit. Thank you very much. And this was a wonderful writer. She gave me two of her books. I thanked her for her books. But being willing, are we really willing to suffer for what we love. Not just go after what we love, but right. there will be a price that's exacted and everyone who's ever found their path and their purpose is willing to pay that price. I think that's somehow, sometimes how we measure the value of something. What is the price? And it's kind of painfully sweet. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be brutal. It doesn't have to, right. have to be a victim, but 
it, it's painfully uh, mm. sweet. Kevin, we could go on for hours, I'm sure, but we won't today. Listeners, hopefully something that you've heard today triggered something in you. I know it has for me, and Kevin, as I've been reading your book, it, it has triggered all kinds of thoughts. I've shared some of those thoughts and feelings with other people. It's made a difference for them. This is the ripple effect. Thank you for the work that you're doing, and thanks for being with us here today. Thank you, and thanks for being so positive with everything that you do. We've got some work to do to spread that around the world, I think. And listeners, if you would like to connect with Kevin, Kevin, what's the best way for them to do that? You know, you can, Facebook page you can email me, Kevin, at PowerPoints.com, although I get emails from all over the world. I'm not great at emails. Or you can find me on social media, Kevin Hall Aspire, Kevin Hall Like, or you can go to our URL, uh, PowerPoints.com. PowerPoints.com. We'll put some links on the blog post as well. Great. Folks, Kevin Hall at Live On Purpose Radio today. Go out there, it's time. Live on purpose. <laughs>